With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Head back to your calls very shortly. one 736 The open line will keep you in touch with everything happening in the heat at the Australian Open for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Hopefully North Melbourne General Manager of Football, Todd Viner, to join us a little bit later this hour. But Simon Hill to preview a little bit of what's happening around the world and in our game here in Australia, in world football. He's back tonight, by the way, as the host of the Global Game. That's tonight at 9pm on SEN, or you can download the podcast and have a listen back to tonight's show if you can't get it live or any of the Global Game podcasts that have been put to air on SEN. Great to have Simon Hill, the voice of World Footy, with us. Welcome to you, Simon. Great to have you back. Good to be with you, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, and I'm uh, excited to be talking to you about what's happening in the world of world football, especially home and overseas. Uh, firstly, I'm curious to know, has Melbourne victory finished last any season? What's the lowest they've ever finished? Yeah, they uh, they won the wooden, wooden spoon, if win is the right uh, terminology, yeah. uh, the season before last. So, yeah, uh, yeah that was their annus horribilis, to use uh, the the, uh, the late Queen's phrase. But um, they had a much better season last year, but it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look particularly good this season. So what's gone wrong? Because they were the iconic franchise, if you don't mind me using that word. For uh, they were the, the the pace setter for such a long period of time, and. Um, regardless of you know what's happened with uh, you know the pitch invasion, they've got to have a long look at what's happening on the pitch, don't they? Yeah, look, I, th- I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, obviously the the issues that we had in the Melbourne derby meant that for a couple of weeks they had you know potentially had a big points deduction hanging over their heads. Whether that impacted upon the players, obviously as it turns out, it's it's uh, a suspended points deduction. Um, so, you know, had they, for example, been given a 10-point deduction from the off, that would have virtually killed their finals hope. So, you know, maybe that had an impact. Um, there are issues with the club's finances as well off the field. Now, I know this doesn't necessarily, you know, impact directly on players, but I think it all adds to a, a mood of uh, uh, discomfort around a football club. Um, and the, the basic fact of the matter is on the pitch, is that they just can't score enough goals, which I, I just scratch my head out, to be honest, because they've got so many international strikers uh, on their books, along with Nani, who unfortunately has, has now gone down with an ACL and won't uh, play again this season, which, which is a pity. Uh, and Jake Brimmer as well, who, who won the Johnny Warren medal last year. So there's plenty of quality there. Uh, but for whatever reason, they are not hitting the back of the net on a regular enough basis. Uh, having said all that, they got a, a decent point away from home against Adelaide at the weekend, uh, where again they conceded the first goal, but they, they they managed to get level thanks to an absolute thunderbolt from uh, Nick D'Agostino in the second half. And you could almost sense the 
you know, the confidence starting to flow again through their veins. They, they played much better. Um, so I think some of it's confidence. I think some of it's the off-field stuff. Um, and they're just, as a club, in a bit of a rut at the moment. But, you know, they'll come out of it. And you rightly say they are, you know, the biggest club in the competition um, on and off the pitch. And the sooner we get them, you know, back at the right end of the ladder and, and being successful again on and off the pitch, the better. I had an A-League fan tell me that I don't talk to you enough about Jamie McLaren. So can I ask you the Jamie McLaren? <laughs> so he what, 13 goals this season. What, the next best is about seven? Yeah, yeah. Jamie's been banging goals in for many years now. I mean, he's won, I think, is it four golden boots, uh, including three on the spin. Um, he's just got that uncanny knack of being in the right place at the right time. And to be fair, he scores a few penalties as well, but, you know, they've still got to be converted. Um, he doesn't always get involved in a lot of the general play, but uh, a lot of the great strikers from yesteryear were exactly the same. One example being Gert Muller. Now, I'm not saying that Jamie's, you know, the, the same level as Gert Muller, but he's a similar sort of a striker. You don't notice him for you know, maybe 85 minutes during a game and uh, all of a sudden he gets a chance and bang, he scores. That, that's what he's good at. Uh, so uh, Melbourne City, you know, uh, well, I won't say fortunate to have him because I'm sure they're playing, paying him a decent whack. But, uh, you know, he, he's a part of their team. He gets great service from the likes of Matt Leckie and Marco Tilio and one or two others. And uh, he, he won't be stopping scoring anytime soon. I think he's only is it 18 or 19 short now of the all-time A-League record held by Bessart Barisha. And the way he's going this season, he might even break it this season. You've been pushing for a second division for quite a while in Australia. How is that travelling at the moment, Simon? And if we did have a second division, if it's in five years' time or whatever, in a situation we've got now where the bottom two are Western United and Melbourne Victory, would they stay? they wouldn't stay in, would they? They'd drop out. Well, a second division and promotion relegation are two very different things. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we will have promotion relegation to start off with, even even when the second division comes in, which I, I hope is not far away. Uh, I keep hearing 2024, which, of course, now is next year. Um, but goodness me, we, we progress at snail's pace with all this. Uh, I'd like to see it set up, um, get up and running. Obviously, then it has to be sustainable financially. Um, it, it has to uh, have clubs in it that have professionalised because there's a big gap between a fully professional uh, top tier and the current National Premier Leagues, which is the second tier, the state leagues, if you like, around the country. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, that is the goal, to have promotion and relegation. And uh, I don't think it would only be unique to Australian sport and give us a, a really good point of difference. But I I actually think it's it, it's totally necessary for our sport because, you know, we need jeopardy at both the top end and the bottom end of the competition. And at the moment, you can finish bottom three years in a row, which the Mariners did, and mm. there's no punishment. You, you know, you go around again the next year, um, which in our code of football, I don't know about the others, um, you know, that, that's their affair. But for us competing on an international stage, uh, it, it's, it would be so valuable, I think, for our youngsters' development in particular to have those those big pressure games at the bottom of the table that they have all around the world where, you know, the, the, the penalties for failure are massive. Um, and, and we need it, quite frankly. So the, the sooner we have it, the better. But I, I think it's some way off yet. And, uh, you know, the first, the first stake in the ground has to be the National Second Division and... I hope that's going to happen next year. 
Yeah, I hope you get it up too because you've been pushing for it for a while. The EPL, um, Arsenal, then Man City at the top end. I know you're a Man City man and you'd be a little worried about Arsenal getting too big a gap. Yeah, look, the, the gap is getting bigger at the moment because uh, Arsenal are probably the only team in the Premier League, certainly the top end, that, that are showing any sort of consistency. Uh, City have been up and down, really, particularly since the, the, the World Cup uh, finished. And, and, you know, there might be some spillover effects for the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, um, not quite at the same level as he was before the World Cup. Uh, big disruption, of course, for four weeks when they all went off to Qatar and and played in that tournament. But Erling Haaland has, has, uh, has dropped a little bit as well, and he didn't even play at the World Cup with Norway. So it's it's a bit strange what's going on at City. Uh, they've lost twice in a week in the Carabao Cup to Southampton and now the, the Manchester Derby at the weekend, a game really that they should have won. Um, so it's not often that City lose two in a row. If they, if they lose a third one, then there really will be questions asked. But Arsenal are flying. They won the North London Derby. They are rightly the favourites at the moment, but it's still very early. There's still a long way to go. The gap's seven points, and Arsenal got to play City twice still, home and away. So, you know, if City were to win both those games, then uh, all of a sudden it's back to one point. So th- there's a fair way to go yet, um, but, yeah, they're the favourites, and rightly so. They're in great form. Danger game for City this week. You've got Tottenham this weekend, haven't you? Uh, I thought we had Wolves this weekend. Okay, well, maybe you do. All right, yeah, well, I'll keep I'll that away. Look, Arsenal Man United as well, I think, which uh, yeah. is at least a top-end battle that might put some pressure on yeah. Arsenal at least. Yeah, well, United are, uh, are much improved under Eric Ten Hag, and I think really the catalyst for that has been, and this is no disrespect to who has been a fabulous player, but the Cristiano Ronaldo saga, I think, was started to become a millstone around the neck of United. It was the topic of conversation before and after every game, whether he played or not. Uh, now that he's gone, I think they can focus on what they're trying to do. And Eric Ten Hag has got a very clear plan. Uh, his substitutions worked a treat in the Manchester derby at the weekend. It completely changed the game. Uh, they're in great form at the moment. They're by no means out of the title race. Uh, I don't think they're going to win it this year. Newcastle are up there as, as well. Uh, but I, I think it'll probably be between Arsenal and City. But uh, you never know. And what's going to happen with Chelsea and Liverpool? They're back in the pack, and they, I think they meet this weekend as well. They're, they're not having the seasons that they would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah, Liverpool is a difficult one to explain because I, I, I think, really, they, they've got you know great squad still, um, but they've just not been at the level that they have been over the last couple of seasons, whether... Uh, you know, they've, they've stopped listening a little bit to Jurgen Klopp. That, that happens sometimes. It's a very demanding style of football that, that he wants to play. And they just haven't been able to replicate that on a regular enough basis this season. Defensive frailties. Even Allison, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, has been making some mistakes. Virgil van Dijk, not at the same level. Uh, they, they, I know that their fans think that they need a world-class central midfielder to, to get them back in the pack as uh, again, so maybe that's something they need to look at in the off-season. They're not certainly not going to win the Premier League title this year, nor are Chelsea. Chelsea, I think, needs a bit of a clear-out. I, I think that you know there's a few established players there that are probably coming towards the end of their time uh, at Stamford Bridge. And Graham Potter, of course, is a new manager. Um, whether he'll be given the time to, uh, to to make those changes or not, I don't know, because in England in particular, as you know, it's very much a results-based business. And, 
you know, Chelsea at the moment, same with Liverpool. They're, they're just not getting the results that their fans think they should. So, uh, interesting times for both. Um, and as I say, that sort of speaks volumes as to the inconsistency of a lot of clubs in the Premier League other than Arsenal. Great to have you on, Simon. What's uh, what's on the show tonight? Global game back tonight, 9pm. Uh, Want to give us a little bit of a snapshot of what's on tonight? Yeah, we've got uh, David Williams coming on from Perth Glory, uh, one of the few Indigenous players who, who plays in the early competition. He scored a, an equaliser for Perth Glory in the 102nd minutes against Sydney uh, last weekend. So we've got him coming on. Uh, we're hoping to have somebody from Melbourne Victory uh, to talk about... Uh, their draw at Adelaide and and what's going on at the club. And, of course, we'll review all the weekend action, all our regulars as well, Spencer Pryor on the Premier League, Alicia Carnavas on the women's game, and Paul Williams on Football Asia. So another busy show coming up tonight. 9pm tonight, the Global Game. You can download the podcast as well. Great to have a chat to you, Simon. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Dwayne. Have a good week, mate. Simon Hill, the host of the Global Game. Plenty still to come on Dwayne's World. Looking forward to the quiz as well. That's not far away. Together with Maccas, if you're unaware, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia in February. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is be crowned last fan standing. Each weekday and summer breakfast and on Dwayne's World, we'll give 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect and you're out. And we'll take the next caller. The last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win. And on Monday, Jan 30, everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks will have the chance to win with summer breakfast, another 11 questions. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned at the last fan standing and win. How about this for a prize? Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. Attend a sports lunch with SEN's commentary team corporate hospitality at the cricket and a thousand dollars spending money and it's all thanks to Maccas the last fan standing quiz not far away as well Todd Viney hopefully Todd Viney hopefully not far away as well and a couple of calls if you'd like to jump on the line interesting story I think it's in the Herald Sun the Cox Plate might move to mid-November it might become the spring carnival grand final we're used to the Cox Plate being around 22nd 23rd, 24th of October. That's been its slot. It's one of the great traditions of Australian sport, one of the great parts of Melbourne sport, the Spring Carnival and how big the Cox Plate at Mooney Valley has been for such a long, long period of time. And yet, from the reports today, they're thinking of moving it to after the Flemington Carnival. Is that a good idea or not? If you know racing, give us a call, one 736 because the story is that they're thinking of moving the Cox Plate to mid-November, maybe to get out of the way of a congested program, given how many big races Sydney have on right now. And you can send your text through as well, 0433 98 11 16. You're with Dwayne's well.